everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Bootstrapped Web, middle of the summer edition. That means it's been a few weeks. Brian, how the hell are you? I'm alive. <laughs> I was gonna. I was gonna say I'm sober. That's that's how I feel right now. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into all that. Well, what do you mean you're alive? Well, I don't know if you can hear my, in my voice today. I'm I am over it now, but I I had COVID, as did uh, all four members of my family. Wow, we all got it while on vacation. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, driving vacation or flying vacation? Uh, both actually. So <laughs> it was like a a really fun, awesome summer vacation slash the, the vacation from hell. The vacation as planned was we fly out to Utah, Salt Lake City, rent a car, drive for, it's supposed to be like a 10 day vacation from Utah through Idaho, Wyoming, Montana, South Dakota. Right. Yeah. Cool. And it was, it was cool. Like we, we did a bunch of nights, um, like glamping in, in, in these pretty cool sites. And then we went through, uh, uh, Yellowstone and Grand Teton and then, uh, Montana, which was amazing. And then, um, uh, South Dakota, Badlands, all, all that. It was a lot of fun. Our flight out there got canceled, delayed a day. Yeah. And airline situations are nutty, ridiculous. Right? Yeah. right. We finally get out there a day late. We, we do the glamping stuff about three days in, I get knocked on my ass with COVID. I got it the worst out of my family and I got it first. So most of the vacation, like right in the middle of the vacation was when I had it. I had a fever. I was in, we were in a hotel at the time. I, I was like for 24 hours, I was really like not leaving the bed. I got myself out of that. And then right near the end, the, the last day or two of the vacation, uh, my wife started feeling symptoms and, then my, and my kids picked it up, but they, they had it very mild. So we all made it home and everyone's over it now, but um, yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Tough. So that sucked. And our flight home got canceled too, delayed a day. <laughs> so both ways our flight, like just flat out canceled. Not yeah. Well, yeah. That's, that's the thing that happened to us. We went to DC two weeks yeah. ago and the flight out just the day before just got canceled. I'm like, okay. Ridiculous. You know, <laughs> um, yeah, so that was that was okay, shitty so. and uh, and and pretty fun at the same time. All right, hence hence the alive uh, yeah. description. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a good break though, and it and it came at a good time. I mean, I, I talked about we'll get into the business updates and stuff. But what's what's been happening on your end? Well, I guess I I say sober as my descriptor <laughs> because I feel like I got smacked in the face by business reality over the last few months. Stretching back to, I don't know when it was in May that the market crashed, but I started fundraising exactly two days before the crash. And so we, I was in a mindset, the company was on a footing, everything was going in a direction that made a lot of sense in the world before the crash. And it very, very quickly did not make sense as soon as the market correction happened. And that happened everywhere quickly, all at the same time in all sectors. And then we also had this added element of our checkout space being a very big question mark. It went from super hot with fast and bolt to super questionable with fast going out of business and bolt having real issues. So we had that double whammy all at the same time. And that turned fundraising from a, you know, what felt like a formality 
for a lot of companies in the e-commerce space, which is like, go out, you know, effectively raise your hand and raise a $20 million A and move on. Like that was no longer the case. <laughs> yeah. I remember you kind of giving us that, that basically the update in the last episode from a few weeks back. So like, what's the update now? I, I guess we're about like a month since, since then. Right. Yeah. So I can't, I can't go into like details just yet, but things are good. Right. And you can make a bunch of assumptions from, from me saying that, but that doesn't mean things are the same. Things are actually very, very different coming out the other side. And that's that, that's that sober feeling. That's just like this. I think everyone's dealing with it to some extent. Uh, I have looked very fondly on certain Twitter timelines of people in the bootstrapping world. And it's made me very happy that it doesn't feel like the bootstrapping world is quite as affected as the venture funded world, right? The, the venture funded world got, it was a it was seismic. It was all at once. Everything that you thought made sense had to be questioned. So even my peers uh, in the e-commerce space that had that $20 million A, you get a little bit of traction, you get some amazing investors on board, you put 20 million bucks in the bank and you move forward. Even they had a similar experience where if they raise a $20 million A in Q4 of, of uh, uh, 2021, which was you know peak frothy times, they ramped up their spend in Q1 and Q2 up to what, $600,000, $700,000 a month. And that made sense at that time because it was all about growth. And now all of a sudden, it doesn't make sense. And so even, even the companies that successfully raised, they also had to relook at everything and in a very sober way and start looking at existing expenses, planned expenses, growth, assumptions, everything. And it's tough to take your medicine. It's tough to hire 20 amazing people and say, oops, got to cut 10 of them as they're still ramping up in your company. And what that does to the company culture and feeling. So everything just went from like, you know, easy mode. Everyone's growing. There's plenty of money to, to fund what you want to do uh, yeah, to all of a sudden, yo, out. yep, the, 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 the water, the water, you know, went back out. And uh, turns out a lot of people don't have any pants on. Other than that, like the family's great. We're, we're certainly in a bit of a whirlwind right now. My house is like 75% packed, but we have movers coming next week. We sold the house. We're closing on the house in Chicago uh, next week. We got movers. We got goodbye parties. We've got emotional kids saying goodbye to their friends. There's just a, a lot going on at the same time. But at the end of the day, I'm feeling very, very fortunate about uh, being able to continue things the way I want to on the business front. Uh, but it has certainly focused my mind around like, yo, let's get real, real and, and much more aggressive. And I think ruthless is kind of a bad word, but just like, you know, realistic, less sentimental about a lot of things. I think we, we find ourselves in the same sort of mindset a lot with slightly different circumstances, but, but the same sort of urgency. I'm definitely in it right now. Uh, I have been in, in like, you know, focusing, I'll, I'll get more into this more specifically today. Um, you know, just focusing on, uh, well, I'll, I'll give you the rundown of what I got. Like 
I'll give you an update on our repositioning since doing the jobs to be done and focusing on coaches and consultants. It's It's been about a month and a half since I made some changes there. So I have some, some trends that I'm noticing. And then um, the, the main focus is pipeline. And, and it's, it's really having refocused the positioning, it has definitely uh, get, give me a lot of direction and, and like, this is what we need to build and focus on. And there's a lot of machinery that needs to be built out in order for the positioning to have the, the intended effect. What you're talking about here, like the, I was just writing my newsletter for Sunday and the headline is like anxiety driven growth. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that. I have been using that word a lot more over the last few weeks than I normally do in my life. I'll just get into this part of it for, for right now, I guess, which is like, there's this anxiety that, that like, whether we're not growing fast enough or um, we are growing, but like, I feel like any growth spikes we see, we're just getting lucky. Where, like, where are we getting, where are we going to get the next growth punch from? I don't know the answer to that. We don't have a gas pedal that I could step on and spend more on. Like these are things that stress me out. So, so that is where I need to focus. It's like finding those, those stress points, what's giving me anxiety and building systems, processes, putting people in place, building the engine to make those things more controllable, more predictable. And, and that essentially comes down to building out a pipeline. Right. Investing ahead of the pipeline showing up, right? That's like... Yeah. Well, the, what I mean is the product is always going to be what it is. We're going to keep making it better. I feel like it's as, it, it's as great as it's, as it's ever been. We're continuing to ship pretty cool stuff. We just shipped this, this feature this week uh, for internal messages. So if you're familiar with like Help Scout, you can have like yellow, like private messages that aren't shown to your client. So now you can basically do that in zip message. The next thing that we're going to be shipping is editing, being able to like edit your videos before you post them, um, which would be pretty cool. The product is, is going to continue to keep getting better. I'm talking to customers, get that fit of like delivering a, an ideal solution to them. So that's going to, that drives conversions and hopefully better and better conversions over time as we target better people. But there's not much I can control on, on that front other than building the right thing and making the product great. What I can and should control, which and what I'm working on building is is the pipeline. Like I need to get it to a point and it's not here yet. I need it to get to a point where every single day I wake up, I open my computer and I see a batch of fresh leads. Yes, more opportunities. More yes. opportunities, right? Yes. For us that's a number of different types of opportunities and and it's Number one, there's users. So we, we now know who our ideal customers are. We should have a CRM filled with, these are people who run coaching businesses. These are consultants. They should be, at the very least, they should know about ZipMessage, but they should be using ZipMessage. We need a CRM full of those and methods and systems for telling them about ZipMessage. Right? right, engagement one way or another. Yeah, but then the other pipeline that I'm building is I hate this term, but it is what it is. It's, it's influencers. There are people, especially in this space, there's a lot of influencers who reach a lot of coaches and consultants, and a lot of them sort of blend into what people call creators. Yeah. 
they're like your platforms, like you can get distribution through them. Exactly. And we've had, we've had organic success with this already. Like we, there are quite a few influence people who, who have our audiences of coaches and consultants who have used zip messages themselves. They recommend it. They drive our viral loop. Like we need to have, we need to stop getting lucky with those influencers and have a pipeline of reaching out. For, we're launching an affiliate program soon. We're going to be doing like promotions, uh, content partnerships with them, even paying for sponsorships on some of them, which I've been doing some of that. That's another pipeline. And then the other one sort of related is, is integrations. Like we should have products that we should be integrating with and reaching out on a regular basis and building out integrations with them. I was in a call with uh, some other some other founders and they and they were much further along on on their like sales driven approach and they were showing their pipeline and all the systems and like custom I'm not going to get into all all of it but like just custom built stuff around every morning we we have hundreds of leads that we can click a button and start prospecting that's a big area of focus for me uh, so like literally what that turns into is I am building out a CRM. I've jumped around to different tools on that. I, as of today, I, I've landed on actually Airtable as, as the CRM for like kind of, kind of storing like the database of, of leads and tracking where they're at in, in our pipelines. Cool. Yeah, we, use, we use Pipedrive, but... Yeah, I've, I've used Pipedrive a lot in the past. Looked at that, looked at Close, looked at a few others. You know, what it comes down to for me is like, I just need very simple, like Kanban is important custom fields on each person is important. And then integrations with all the stuff that we're doing to feed contacts into our CRM, right? I'm uh, interviewing and hiring a VA pretty soon to help um, gather contact and, and, and clean contact information and fill up our, our CRM, building out processes and tooling and automations for that, setting up some outreach campaigns, thing, things of that nature. And then uh, the other hire that is starting on Monday is Claire Emerson. Um, you know, she's a really great writer and project manager and, uh, and just, you know, really great creative and, and marketing, marketing force, I, I think. So she's actually coming on board as what, what we're calling like a marketing coordinator for ZipMessage. Pretty, pretty excited about this. It was, it was kind of funny and perfect timing. Uh, so this happened just before I went away on vacation. I was mapping out all this, all this pipeline stuff, thinking through like, okay, uh, what are all the things, all the types of activities that we need to be happening? Like not just outreach, but also like social media engagement, like part, partnering up and doing content and guest articles with these people, especially the influencer stuff, webinars, educational stuff. Plus I have like an SEO team on board and there's a lot of work for me to manage and edit them. I would love to get that off my plate. We're doing link building stuff that I would love to get off my plate. A marketing coordinator, somebody who, who is, who's great at like execution on all this stuff, but also a, a really solid writer. Plus Claire happens to be like really well, she is a coach herself. She's, she's been a consultant. She's well-connected to coaches and consultants. It's just sort of a perfect fit on, on multiple fronts. So, so I had started promoting that job posting before I went away and start and been collecting applications. And she happened to, and she was on a short list of people that I was planning on reaching out to her to see if she was interested in this. I had worked with her before as a freelancer. 
And she reached out to me before I did, before she was like, you know, I'm I'm thinking about kind of ramping down the freelance stuff, looking for one company to work with long-term. Zip message seems like a perfect fit. Uh, She gave me like a document of like Uh, things like she's looking to do in that sort of role. And it's almost like she wrote my job description for what I was looking for. I was like, all right, this is amazing. So, uh, so she started on Monday through my vacation, through, through COVID, we basically did our interviewing and, and discussing what this role looks like and, and all that, all asynchronous, all through zip message for the last two weeks, uh, had a quick live call the other day. The, so the only challenge with her is that she's in Australia, which is a really tough time zone. We're async, man. I'm, I'm, I'm async all the way. And so is she. And, and it's, that's, that's the plan. <laughs> yeah. That's a, uh, yeah, that time zone really forces async, which is not, not a bad thing for you. Yeah. We're going to see how it goes. I think it'll take a lot of uh, intentional, uh, you know, because this is the type of role where it's not like I'm just hiring someone to like offload and outsource and let them run. This is much, this is a, to me, it's a much more important collaborator type of role which is generally where you would want someone in your, in your time zone to be able to hop on calls throughout the day. That, that'll be the challenge there. What I was telling her was like, look, all things being equal with other candidates, if someone with the same fit and skill set was in the North American time zone, I would probably favor them. But the truth is all of her other benefits outweigh That's right. the, so the, the time zone thing. And I've never been one to do a lot of live, live Zoom calls anyway. So you know, mm-hmm. it, uh, kind and of I, I, I like the way that she effectively wrote out the job description because lately how I've been feeling, you know, and we'll be hiring someone in the marketing, like, like a senior marketing role. And oftentimes when we think about a specific role, you know, the next key question is, well, what's this person going to do? And my gut lately has been like, well, I want the person to tell me what we should be doing. <laughs> you know, as I have my ideas, but I really want this person to be much better than I am at running, let's say, marketing for our type of company in our phase, in our market. Like, I, I don't want to hire someone that I tell them what they should be doing. Yeah, I, I think I'm thinking about that actually slightly differently now. I think of this much more of a collaboration and like, I, I will be very active in direct. Right, like in, get in, in here. We'll figure out what we need to do. In, in shaping the direction with her, right? I already have a lot of ideas. As I was planning out this whole marketing and, and, and the pipeline stuff and the marketing side and, and the priorities on how, how and where we're using SEO and link building and brand building and then the pipeline stuff. Like, then I started to think through like, well, these are the tasks and activities that need to be happening, but I'm not going to be doing them myself. And, and so, so then bringing in someone like Claire, it's like, we can talk through that stuff. She can come up with the execution and, and the, and the game plan stuff. And, and, and then also kind of layer in these larger projects, longer term projects, which, which is really where I think she brings a lot of value. It's the kind of thing where, where before having this role filled, up until now, still, it's like, uh, that's me. Like I, I do all the marketing and, and systems and outreach and hustle and activity and stuff. But anytime I'm doing that, which I usually go through these like sprints where I'll spend a couple of weeks focused completely on marketing, 
then the product takes the backseat, right? I and I I've got two developers, but like I I'm head, I consider myself head of product. Like that's really where I need to be. And I work directly with them. I direct them. I, I shape their direction. And then I build a lot of features myself. And I do all the design and UI stuff. So if I'm focused on marketing, which I have been, like our product roadmap clearly slows down. Like it's noticeable. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. But, um, but it sounds like right now you're rebalancing toward sales and opportunities and pipeline and a bit away from products and features and roadmap. Yeah. I mean, it's tough because there is so much we still want to, I still want to build. Yeah. But, you know, and not just for fun, but like really important roadmap stuff that, that will drive conversions. Yeah. That's the crossover, the, the crossover. And this is, so I'll describe a little bit about our situation because you and I, like you said before, we're actually, we're actually after the same thing. We're after pipeline and opportunities. And I think it'll be good for us over the next few months to kind of talk through what we're learning on that. But the, the the other side of the analogy is on that, like where the focus is product or sales. And we've, you know, I made my own set of mistakes. So ha- happy to dive into the, the many mistakes I've, I've made the, the biggest one, my analysis right now, and like the conclusions I'm coming to that are based on, on this analysis is that we, we have been too too much led by product and features and roadmap. And in some ways we had to, we had to get out a checkout with backend integration into an e-commerce platform that had the rally pay functionality of a returning shopper being recognized easily. That was like absolute table stakes in in our space. And then we built our post-purchase offers, which is then the differentiator in our space. So that really did feel like we got to get that out. Or like, why would someone choose our product over something else? So that was the focus. And then as we started going to market, we weren't fully done. We didn't wait to go to market until all of that was done. We appropriately went to market before that was all done. But what that also meant was that we got into a situation where the, the company culture was sales go out and sell what we have right now. And unfortunately, product and engineering don't have the capacity to accommodate feature requests and sales blockers because we're still building the core. And then as right as we started getting to a point where the core feature set was built out and then we could be more accommodating toward sales requests, that's right when I went into fundraising. And my biggest mistake was that when I went into fundraising, we didn't already have a marketing leader and the sales department in a place where it could just go completely on its own without me. And and so it feels like what's happened over the last like two months or so is that our company culture didn't shift enough. It stayed very product focused and very protective of our roadmap, which is great because you you end up with an organized process, a happy set of developers, no chaos, a nice you know release cadence. Like you get all these positive benefits, but you you end up a bit too rigid toward sales opportunities. So we have merchants that are like, we love your product, but we need X, and 
now it feels like we need to course correct and say to ourselves, okay, now it's not that not it's not that sales now drives everything. It's just that there's got to be more room in every sprint for development of features that are not really our choosing. It's more it's more prospects are saying, if you build X, I will join. And then before we were saying, that's great, we'll get to you, but we got to get our core product out. Now we we need to switch pretty abruptly. It's, it's always kind of interesting to me how, you know, we release a lot of features uh, pretty rapidly. Like I would say almost every week we're releasing something new. Maybe every two or three weeks we have something that we'll actually like send an email blast about. And it, it's always interesting to me, like, how some features that I think are awesome and super significant kind of fall flat in terms of like, maybe a lot of users actually use it, but they don't like tweet about it and give a lot of feedback or give a lot of email replies. But then the tiny features that, that I, that almost we do as like an afterthought are the things that, that kind of like blow up this week, this, this internal messages feature, internal notes thing, I thought was pretty significant. I think it will still will be. But along with that, we shipped a little thing that detects your audio. So like if your mic is off or too low, okay, we'll, we'll let you know now. Like before <laughs> before you you record a five minute silent message. Oh wow. Accidentally. Like now we have a little alert that says, like, hey, is your mic on? Because we didn't detect audio yet. And so that that got some traction uh, when I showed that around. And it is super useful, you know. So it's like little things like that, like you never know. Yeah, the the prioritization becomes like wh- right where where and the that, focus. and that one came out of something that's like that's not a feature request. That's like people complaining like, hey, I I just recorded this silent message. You know, if I hear that enough times, it's like okay, that's getting into the roadmap. Yes, yes, and and those are those are existing users, right? So yeah, not yeah. not aimed at new users, and yeah, but then people like are tweeting it and all that, you know, right? Which turns into marketing itself. Um, yeah, I yeah, uh, you know, overall my 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 take on things is we went to London and I I met up in London with Rock and Jess, right? So CTO and VP product. And we just had one of those like get-togethers that that's like it's basically a rolling conversation about the business like throughout the restaurants of London <laughs> is is effectively what happens. We we did get a WeWork for 2 days and kind of like went into a conference room and did a bunch of hiring, planning, and budgeting, and all that. But just as important in that is like the personal connection and trust building. And that lends itself to to being able to have harder conversations that are more honest and more straightforward. And that that leads into progress. It, it really does. So a lot of our conversations in London were around that and around how um, how we'll be handling and behaving ourselves over the next few months. And I have felt a very, very, very big shift in my mindset and the way I'm talking and the way I'm behaving and the way my expectations are since coming back from London and really feeling like, all right, the way I should behave is that I should feel fortunate that, uh, that we're able to continue on with the business the right way. Right. Uh, without getting too much into details, everyone who relies on venture investment in order to operate their business and had not raised around before May, everyone had an existential crisis. 
everyone because it was very, very uncertain whether or not you were going to get funded, us included. And I looked at that and I, that what I came out of it was I don't ever want to be in that position again. There's no one to blame more for being in that position than me. And I have zero intention of doing that again. And so it made it, it kind of brought it all home. I'm like, hey, hey buddy, th this is not easy mode. You're not in card hook. You're not profitable. You don't have the product market fit. You got to go out and grind again. And not only that, you may as well enjoy it too. Because one of the other existential issues that all of us are having coming out of quarantine and then coming into this like what looks like a, a recession is like oh shit we, we better find some joy in all of this otherwise what is the point in all of it yeah what what are we doing here so it's like this this double whammy of like take work real seriously take off work real seriously also yeah. again i feel that that urgency too uh i was just really kind of mapping it out uh this morning and last night where it's like what are we like about 16, 17 months, no, more than that, like eight, 18 months now into Zip Message, which is really not all that long, but to me, it feels like a, like a while and it never feels like we're growing fast enough. And even at the MRR level that we're at now, when, I, when we were at half of this, I was like, oh, when we get to that number, we'll be golden. It'll just start to naturally grow. And yeah, no, <laughs> there's a lot more work that needs to happen. And, uh, but the, the thing that I feel like I'm hard on myself on this, like that it took me this long to come around to, oh, this is the type of pipeline we need to build and the, the systems and processes and machinery that, that we need to have in place and, and marketing activity, like specific marketing activity, like, like this is what needs to happen on a day-to-day -day basis like, why am I putting this into place right now? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's frustrating. I hear you. I hear you. And yeah, we had some of that, like, like the product was way too young. Let's just get early traction back then. So I'll, I'll give you the update on like the repositioning. That I feel like has unlocked a lot of this for me mentally, at least, but also like literally what, what we're building now. So I talked about last time how I, I did a lot of jobs to be done, interviews, a lot of research, and out of that came the came the the decision to really focus on coaches and consultants who are using ZipMessage to communicate with clients asynchronously. Um, that turns out to be our best use case. We have a bunch of other use cases, but we 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 were seeing some churn with with the with the random set of use cases, but the ones who are using it for client comms tend to stay and tend to really install it into, into their business, right? So now about a month and a half ago, a couple of weeks before vacation, I updated the whole website, the copy and stuff. Uh, so now the homepage really speaks more to coaches and consultants. Then we have a dedicated page for coaches, a dedicated page for consultants. We still have a page for like team communication, but then I killed off a bunch of pages around like, customer support messaging and, individual use case pages and, and yeah i used to have like eight different use cases i know I, a lot of my friends here in portland used your site as an example because a lot of people going through the same type of like positioning work and they were like how do you do that and you know you're broken out individual pages as well, like that's that's an example of like don't just look at somebody else's website and assume they have it all figured out because we definitely do not <laughs> yeah but um, you 
what what that showed was a a way to remove the excuse of but I don't want to change my homepage if I don't if I'm not sure. Like just create a new page. It's kind of like a homepage and see how it goes. I would say that we w- went halfway in on, okay. on on going on going all in or niching down if you will. So so our homepage has changed a lot th- from from what it was. So now I feel like our homepage more than before speaks to coaches and consultants. And then we still have three sub pages, one all about coaches, one all about consultants, one for team meetings. But before we had like eight, we had like one for podcasters. We had one for sales. We had one for customer support. We had one for like all this different stuff, right? What that effectively does is, and this was expected, and this is confirmed in the last month and a half of of metrics, our free signups decreased, you know, because we're speaking to less people, you know, Um, we're expecting that it, it was, it was more broad before. So people just signed up and maybe some chat, some traffic channels had something to do with that, but still like now we see it fewer free signups from the homepage and the, the goal of marketing would be to grow that again. Right. And the churn is, I would say continuing. I, I did not expect that to fall off a cliff right away because we still have lots of users who signed up before this big change. Um, and we still see some of those people churn out. But what I look for in every signup and every pain conversion and every churn is who is this person? Are they a coach or consultant or are they not that? And And it's good to see more and more new paying customers being coaches and consultants very few, if any, of the churn people are coaches or consultants. And, and then we see trial to paid increasing in the last two months, um, actually by a lot. Like that, like even though we're, we're seeing fewer signups, we're definitely seeing more of them convert to paying customers. So that's all of that added together means we're not seeing a massive, we are growing, but, but it's not a massive growth yet. Like we still have so much more work to do but I feel like the expected immediate effects are there. And so now, now that we have this focus of coaches and consultants, that unlocks like, this is what we need to build. This is who we need to go after. This is who we need to fill in our pipeline. Now let's figure out the systems and processes. Right, but keep the marketing and sales rolling. That's what I mean. I, like, that's right. what I'm working on is right. like, how do we build sales processes and systems right. and like people you have to have the capacity to do both at the same time, or you, yeah. you just cannot make the progress. Yeah. And, and then it even like justifies the work on product, right? Because like, it doesn't make sense to, to focus on product unless we have a daily pipeline that is ready to present our product to. And if we don't have that, that pipeline, then nothing else matters. And, that, and, that's, and that's where I'm at now. And that's what we're building is like, and, and it's actually like a lot of like technical work. Like how, what is like the actual like automation systems and the processes of like taking leads, filling into the, cleaning their data, getting them into the CRM, setting up outreach campaigns, writing that stuff, engaging with them on social media, you know, all that, like figuring all that out is a lot of work, but then, then the work on the product is converting them. And I'm continuing to talk to customers every day and, and all that kind of stuff to kind of have that loop going. But, you know, but, but now it's like I, it, having this focus makes me more comfortable 
with the idea of investing into the business, like literally spending a lot more money on salaries and tooling and, and work even ahead of revenue growth, because I know exactly the machinery that we need to build out now and, and the machinery that we don't yet have. And so it's like, you know, you, you've had like, like kind of the team, like fully stocked for, for a year. Right. And, and have, and being able to kind of fire on all cylinders. And I I'm still operating in like the pure bootstrapper mindset where it was like, well, I, every, everything that I spend on, I need to justify with some sort of traction that I hustled myself. But now, now I feel like, all right, we have some traction. I, I, I don't call it even product market fit yet. We still need to grow faster before that happens. But I feel a lot more like I, I'm, I'm more comfortable like spending and even, even modeling out like, look, I can continue to spend for X number of months and we'll be fine even with just a modest growth growth rate. But we do need to bump up that growth rate. That's yeah. Cool here. yeah. Well, we're, you know, we, we have the the additional resources, but it, it's still constrained no matter what. One of our biggest challenges uh, over the next six months is going to be uh, how much to stay focused on uh, what's working but not working great yet and how much time to focus on new potential areas. So the the scenario I'm trying to set up is to build the sales and marketing machine toward what's working, right? These platform traditional e-commerce merchants doing 10 to $20 million a year in revenue that it's starting to work. Like we have those people on board and we're processing revenue every day. So we should do more of that. Now, at the same time, how do we go out and prospect and dig for gold? Because we haven't found the gold yet, right? Gold being product market fit. Like, where else can you prospect? And we have some breadcrumbs around different approaches with our product. So we've been in touch with like very large merchants, right? Like billion dollar plus annual revenue merchants. And they want, they want something similar to what we have in our product, but a little different because they're very large and they have their own different set of requirements. And that might be the spot that allows us to grow hundred X over the next year, but you can't, you can't, you can't put all your eggs you can't put that bet. So how do you keep those bets going, but also focusing the majority of resources on, okay, what's working. Maybe it's not working fast enough, but let's get better at it and keep adding on because the, you know, the, it feels too risky to not continue to add on. There's always that tension. I wasn't even going to talk about this today, but it is very much on, on my mind. And what I'm thinking about a lot is this next wave of focus and growth, which is like an enterprise plan. And like you're saying, like, like a, it's the product, but it's a different shape and a different form of the product. It's more of a platform play and, and a, a white label, an, an embeddable, maybe even like a self-hosted. These are like right, the, API are like, driven and API right. driven. Yeah. And like, and I have conversations I've had lot, already paying customers trying to use it in this way. And, and so there's, there's definitely something there. I've started to think through like pricing structure and what the product needs to look like. But it, it, in, in that scenario, it, I feel like that will definitely drive a ton of growth in the business. But there's a lot more to build product-wise, sales and marketing-wise 
um, that that's a much more long, longer term play. I don't mean like years, but just, just months. But like right now I'm, I'm it, that it's that tension of like, we have pipeline and marketing and a product that people pay for today. We need to be, be growing that. Right. Respect that. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And, yep. But that's also why I'm hiring and putting pe- people and systems in place so that hopefully two or three months from now, we we're starting to, we're, things are in motion on that front. And now I have a little bit of space to start to think longer term, like, let's get this right. Let's, let's get this bigger, bigger play going, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. For, for me, the most important part of that was looking over at Rock and Jessica in their product and engineering roles and just saying, get your mindset and the mindset of your team to be such that we all acknowledge and have to confront very directly that we have not found our goal yet. It's not clicking and just coming our way because we've kind of got it right. It's just not. And so be willing to look and adjust and do extra work and scramble your sprint and whatever it takes. Because if something comes along and presents itself as a good bet toward that gold, then we we have to be willing to, to do it. We get a lot of good feedback from this podcast and I hope people get get value from it. I think I'm probably speaking for both of us where it's like we, we've both become pretty comfortable with talking publicly and, and openly about these, the struggle of figuring it out and, and getting to that product market fit. Because a big part of it for me, especially being friends with a lot of folks who, who run very successful SaaS is like, you can't help but, but look at, at somebody else's SaaS business and say like, man, they, they just clicked and it grew. I, and it's never that easy for anyone. But, but look, there, there's also a, a reality here where there's a lot of successful SaaS businesses that take a little bit longer. You got you to gotta figure things out, maybe circle back around to things that, that maybe you should have seen a little bit earlier, but that's the reality. And uh, it doesn't matter how many rodeos you, you've been through. It, it's harder every time, you know? Yep. That's it. That's it. I, I assume the vast majority of people are going through similar struggles that we're talking about right now. There are people that things have clicked and they have found it and that's fantastic. And now they're dealing with a different set of issues. <laughs> Not like it's easy then either. Yeah. Yep. But I think mo- most of us are in this boat around like, all right, something's working, but not enough. And what do I need to do to go from where I am right now to the position that I want to be in? And it is not a clear road to go on. So that's just fraught with like different gambles and risk and finding yourself being too risk averse and looking back and saying, oh my God, I can't believe I didn't start this three months earlier. And it's just, yeah, it, it requires uh, this constant adjustment and like not to fall too deep into self-loathing or despair. It requires constant optimism that you will find it and the next thing can be the right thing. And yes, it's so game, close. This, this is the game. That's the game. But right, we're, we're, we're lucky to play it. Well, it's and, uh, it's Friday afternoon. I'm going to try to uh, wrap up some work pretty quick and then take my daughter to the Mets game tonight. Cool. Well, someone, I'm just going to hand over the keys to my car to someone and hope it shows up in Chicago in like <laughs> seven days. <laughs> I, I guess that's a thing. All right. Great to talk. Always a pleasure. Thanks for listening, everyone. All right. Later, folks.